1: Welcome to the Locked On Steelers Podcast. I am your host, Tony Serino, and this is your daily dose of all things Steelers. Today on the podcast, we are continuing our 2018 Steelers positional preview, going through position by position and previewing each of them. Today, we are on wide receiver, an interesting group, uh, considering the kind of turnover we had year over year, uh, an unexpected turnover, you might say. I think a lot of people expected the Steelers to... Continue to add to this wide receiver group that a year ago, maybe a little disappointing. Disappointing that Martavis Bryant didn't get going uh, like we thought he might. Disappointing in that Eli Rogers, who was a very good slot receiver for this team in 2016, took a step backwards. Uh, Juju certainly stepped up, but you know they certainly felt like we were going to have to add some talent there. They did in James Washington, but they also subtracted by getting rid of uh, trading away Martavis Bryant. To the Oakland Raiders. So here's what I'll say about this wide receiver group. I think it is the best wide receiver group we've had in the last three years, but I think it also might be the most shallow wide receiver group we've had in the last three years. And so we're going to talk about that today. Before we do that, let's start today with some Steelers news and notes. And the thing I want to talk about today here in in, in the news and notes section is this contract situation with first round pick Terrell Edmonds. Still unsigned as a first-round pick, and I know there's been some worry amongst Steeler Nation. Uh, What is, what exactly is going on with Terrell Edmonds? Why hasn't he signed just yet? Uh, I I said during rookie minicamp, I said during minicamp, I expected these guys to sign rather quickly, and most of them did, right? The Steelers have signed everyone but Terrell Edmonds, and uh, we are 20 days away from the start of training camp, and so Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I see why people are starting at this point to say, hey, you know, what what exactly is going on with Terrell Edmonds? But again, the way the rookie pay scale works, there is not a lot of things that you're going to negotiate on, right? I think that the only things that they they can negotiate on are like guarantee offsets and and the the guaranteed payment schedule and that kind of thing. Uh, There's not a whole lot that these two sides are even going to be negotiating on. Now, generally what happens in these cases is that there's a domino effect, right? A couple guys start signing, they start setting the market for those things, and then the rest of the picks around them just start signing, and that, of course, dominoes its way all the way up and down the first round. And you've seen that already, right? If you look at the 11 first-round picks that are unsigned at this point, the majority of them are between 1 and 10 and 28 and 32, right? And 28 being where Terrell Edmonds was selected. So... You know, it's, it's a game of chicken in some ways between these teams of once one of these teams signs, right, whether it be Taven Bryan, who was selected right after Terrell Edmonds, or, you know, Sonny Michelle, who was taken yeah, 31 by the New England Patriots, right? Once these guys start signing their contracts, it sets the market for what Edmonds is going to do or vice versa, right? If, if the Steelers get Edmonds in the door and set, set the kind of market for what this range of pick is getting, then that... You know that's just going to domino its way through, and so that's why you're seeing right picks one through four not signed yet. Once one of those guys signs, I think you'll see the rest of them come in. Um, the same can be said for twenty-eight through thirty-two. I'm, I'm, I'm again, it's twenty days away. I'm not worried that Terrell Edmonds is going to end up in any kind of holdout situation. It would be very, very silly in this day and age to have a rookie holdout, given you know, given the rookie pay scale and the way it works. I, again, I think the contract situation that we should all be uh, wondering about is Le'Veon Bell. And again, we're 10 days away now uh, from that contract situation coming to an end.
0: TurboTax experts make your moves count. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast. And this Locked On podcast is brought to you by TurboTax. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts will make sure that they count for you. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? Well, that's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That is a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? That quite literally would be a move. Or maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house. Or you switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or maybe you just rode the stock market to the moon and back. Any of those things that you did or any other moves that you made, TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and every deduction you deserve, filing with 100% accuracy and getting you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax today. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com slash guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax live.
1: Alright, let's get to our wide receiver preview for the 2018 season. A lot of what we're going to say about wide receiver, a lot of what we're thinking about wide receivers, kind of the same as what we thought about running back and quarterback, right? Which is that at the top, it's great. So don't even worry about it, right? At running back, we got Le'Veon, we're good. At quarterback, we got Ben, we're good. At wide receiver, we got the best in the game, Antonio Brown. And <laughs> not even close. right? Antonio Brown last year had an MVP caliber season. If he hadn't gotten hurt against the New England Patriots, I think he would have been most certainly in the running for MVP. And you have to imagine, given the kind of clutch catches he was making at the end of last season and, and considering how close that Patriots-Steelers game was, uh, you know, if he had the opportunity to make some some big catches down the stretch there, I think he would have made the most of it and would have made you know even more of a name for himself at the end of last season. So, hey, you know, also, you know, he got rewarded with uh, EA Sports, giving him an ninety nine overall rating in this year's uh, Madden Madden 19 coming up uh, the first time in Antonio Brown's career that he has rated a ninety nine in Madden. So a pretty cool honor for him. But again, he had a fantastic season a year ago. You know, we you know we talk about you know what is the expectation for Antonio Brown in 2018? Look, I don't know if we can expect him to have a the same kind of season or even a better season than he did a year ago. I think that would be unrealistic. Uh, but I think he I think he's going to be playing at the same level right now. Statistically, is he going to have the same kind of season? Is he going to make the same kind of spectacular game saving catches that he did? a year ago hopefully it doesn't have to right the idea would be hopefully not because hopefully we're not we're not playing uh 39 to 38 games against the baltimore ravens where we need spectacular catches down the stretch to set up uh chris boswell game winning field goals so uh but again i don't expect i don't expect any regression out of antonio brown year one to year t- or uh, uh, la- from last year to this year now talking about year one to year two let's talk about juju smith schuster because here's a guy who I think we all are expecting a big leap from year one to year two, right? Here's a guy as a rookie who, you know, didn't start early on. He was kind of quiet. You know, he scored a touchdown against Minnesota, but it was one of those little flip plays. He had a nice touchdown against Baltimore. Uh, You know, and, and he stayed a little quiet. Not quiet, but he was uh, not necessarily a focal point in the offense until the Detroit game when Martavis Bryant was suspended. Juju becomes... The number two guy and at wide receiver, and boom, you know he blew it up, right? I mean, he was spectacular in that game, and spectacular for a large part of the season thereafter, uh, including the the spectacular running catch, excuse me, running catch, the catch and run uh, against the New England Patriots that set up the you know the ending of that game. Let's say. Uh, I think we're talking about what can we expect from Juju Year Two, right? First of all, let's talk about the things that Juju does that aren't just catching the football, because this is a guy who is a v- extremely physical player. Uh, he is a phenomenal blocker. Uh, he he is the the comparisons to Heinz Ward early on, especially during like training camp and that kind of thing, where everyone went, all right, cool it with the compare. Yeah, Heinz Ward, one of the greatest Steeler wide receivers. Uh, and not because he, again, not because he was a great uh, traditional wide receiver, but because, you know, he played the game. He played wide receiver the way we want Steeler wide receivers to—a physical, you know, the way the steel curtain wide receivers would would have played um, with, with a very physical dominating performance. So early on, we all said, okay, Juju is not Heinz Ward, calm down. But now, today, I think we're all sitting here going, no, Juju is a second coming of Heinz Ward, there's no doubt about that. Right. What what I love about Juju's game is everything he does when he's not when he doesn't have his hands on the football. He plays the game with such joy. He plays the game with such excitement, and and he you know he's out there having fun. He is a constant reminder in an NFL that is becoming so much about um, the game off the field that he is a reminder that this is a, we watch this for the game on the field. It is supposed to be fun. It is supposed to be entertainment. And I love that about him. Now we talk about how do we project him in 2018. Look, I'm not projecting him to make this kind of leap to a guy who's going to be, you know, 100 plus catches, 1500 yards, 10 plus touchdowns, right? I I don't think we can expect that out of Juju, nor do we need it, right? Because again, we're going to have Le'Veon Bell. We're going to have Antonio Brown. Those guys are still going to be, One A and one B on the offense, as far as the options for Ben Roethlisberger on every play. So Juju is still going to be option three, right? And I think we can what we can expect in 2018, just speaking statistically, is a moderate improvement year one to year two. I expect you know he had what 60 catches for 900 yards somewhere around there and like five or six touchdowns. I expect that number, you know, to go up a little bit, 70 catches. Little over a thousand yards, the same, you know, six or seven touchdowns, that kind of thing. Again, not a huge an improvement, not a huge improvement for him. I think, you know, first of all, the sophomore slump is a is a thing. Second of all, this knee injury is a little concerning. And and I know we're, you know, we're twenty days away from training camp, and hopefully he comes into training camp and he's just fine. You wonder about if this is going to be, you know, he calls it an annoyance. You wonder if this is going to be one of those nagging injuries that realistically he's going to take months and months to heal, but he's going to play through it throughout the season. You know, it's a war. It's certainly a worry for me, but again, not, not something I think I'm hoping that it doesn't, uh, it doesn't hinder his season in that it becomes one of these injury riddled, uh, sophomore seasons, James Washington, the Steelers, uh, second round pick out of Oklahoma state is a guy we've talked a lot about on this podcast, uh, after the Steelers drafted him, of course, what he brings to the table is a vertical game, right? He is a deep threat wide receiver. Not necessarily blazing speed, but he's got a little more nuance to his game, which I like. He's not just a guy who runs a 4-2-40, right? This is not the Dre Archer of running backs or of wide receivers. This is a guy with a little more nuance to his game. Uh, I think he can, I think, first of all, he's going to come in and he can be a vertical threat for this team, but he also has parts of his game that you like when you project him as a more well-rounded wide receiver, right? His ability to make combat catches is something that he has been praised so much during this rookie minicamp and and OTA process. Uh, It's something I'm I'm interested to see him in training camp and as we get into preseason, uh, what that looks like. Because, you know, for James Washington, it's going to be interesting to see how the Steelers utilize him. With Juju a year ago, the Steelers had the ability to Necessarily hide Juju, but slowly work him in. Right, rookie guy. A lot of there was a lot of hype around Juju. In that, here's a second round pick, and, and I think a lot of Steeler fans were thinking, "Why did we even take Juju? We already had Martavis." There was still so much hype around Sammy Coates. We had Eli Rogers. We had Antonio Brown. What is the deal with Juju? The Steelers were able to work him in, right? Because again, the Steelers were were kind of loaded last year at wide receiver, or so we thought, but Juju. Worked his way in, and again, it took him till probably what was that week eight before he really had his spectacular performance. I don't know that James Washington is going to have that luxury in 2018. I don't know that there's going to be an opportunity for him to kind of work his way in. I don't know who starts out uh, uh, opposite of Antonio Brown if it's not James Washington. Now, you know Juju again, who played the slot a season ago, I guess could move. To the outside, that is certainly a possibility for Juju, which would mean that maybe James Washington plays the slot. Although that doesn't seem to to project well for him, I think you would at that point probably see someone like you know if like Rogers were to come back, or at this point I think Marcus Tucker would be more of an inside receiver. I guess in that way you could see them working James Washington in a little bit more. But I think again, I think that you're you're hurting yourself with your utilization of Juju, who's a known quantity yet at uh at at the slot. I think James Washington's going to have to play early on. And if he doesn't, if the if the Steelers do feel like they're they're going to have to work him into the offense the same way they did Juju a year ago, I think the guy who's going to have to step up in that case would be Justin Hunter, who the Steelers signed again on a one-year deal just like they did last year. Justin Hunter was a guy who very highly touted out of Tennessee in college, drafted by the Tennessee Titans. Never really made it, uh, but uh, this freak athlete who, again, so much pedigree for him, uh, the, the, the college tape on him is spectacular. But again, he, you know he just he never made it in Tennessee. He never never was even close to the kind of receiver that everyone thought he could be. So he comes to Pittsburgh. He wants to resurrect his career, scene change, right? Okay, you know this is this is certainly an opportunity for him, surrounded by all of this talent to make a name for himself. And he actually has done that. If you read the reports out of minicamp and OTAs and training camp, I mean, Justin Hunter a season ago was, you know, this spectacular catch receiver. And my goodness, I can't believe some of the catches that this guy is capable of making. And you're hearing that again this offseason, and we'll probably hear it again in training camp, right? The the problem for Justin Hunter was, number one, he never could get on the field. And, and number two, when he did, he just – he, he was – pretty much a non-factor, right? I think he started against, or I don't think he started against Baltimore, but I think he played in the first Baltimore game, and then he played, uh, he played some in the Detroit game, you know, those were games where he, he had opportunities, but yeah, you know, he just, again, he was very silent out there, the same way that he was silent when he was a Tennessee Titan. but again, he's, you know, he's a guy who has the pedigree, has shown it in, in practice, has shown it in camp, he's been with this team for a year now, if there's a guy who could sneakily work his way into a starting spot on this team, I think it's Justin Hunter. I really do. I think especially if, they, if the Steelers feel like, boy, we can't, you know, James Washington not going to be ready to go week one. The options are you put Juju on the outside or you put Justin Hunter on the outside and keep Juju on the inside. I think the smarter thing to do there would be keep Juju on the inside and put Justin Hunter on the outside, especially if Justin Hunter has another good camp or an even better camp a better preseason. uh, I think he could be a guy who works himself into a a starting spot early in the season uh, for the Steelers.
2: Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for mock draft Monday on the locked on NFL draft podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Steelers also have Darius hayward Bay on the roster, and he's a, at this point in his career, pretty much a special teams specialist, but he's very, very good as a special teams player. I don't I don't see him getting cut unless something weird happens where The Steelers have to want to keep a roster spot open for like a punt return guy or something like that. And the Steelers feel like even if they kept Hayward Bay, he would likely be as an inactive. And so there's no point in keeping a special teams guy inactive every week. And so in that way, I guess he could potentially get cut. But uh, I think in all likelihood, he makes the roster. I really think everyone we've talked about so far at this point, given the way the roster is today are likely to to make the roster. And that leaves one spot open. And I think that's going to come down to Marcus Tucker versus Quadri Henderson. And the X factor there, of course, is Eli Rogers. And, and how soon can Eli Rogers come back? And not just how soon can he come back? Because, you know, if he's ready for the start of training camp, that's awesome. If he's not ready until midway through training camp, or let's say somewhere mid mid preseason, that's worse. But the real question for Eli Rogers is going to be, what Eli Rogers are we getting? Because let's not forget that Eli Rogers a year ago was not the same player we saw in 2016. That was not 2016 Eli Rogers, right? You know, for me, the, the play that stands out for Eli Rogers' 2017 season is the dropped touchdown against the Detroit Lions early in that game. If he catches that ball, I mean the Steelers take a take a lead early. You know, they they don't have to struggle back and forth in this in this game where you know, neither side can score, and the Lions are putting up all these yards, but not points and that kind of thing. It would have changed the complexion of that game early on. And, and Eli Rogers, I thought one of the, his best traits in 2016 was his, his ability to make some pretty tough catches. So I, I, my my worry here is, first of all, he wasn't as good in 2017 as he was in 2016, and he's coming off of this this ACL tear against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know we're going to be coming. What is it going to be? Eight months? Let's say when he comes back. If he comes back, a week or two in a training camp, seven or eight months, off of that, off of that, I don't know. I, again, I, I'm, I'm unsure of who we're getting. I'm excited that Eli Rogers is coming back, but I'm unsure of who exactly we're getting. And I think that's why this, this sixth spot on the roster at wide receiver is so wide open. Because even if Eli Rogers comes back, you would think, well. He's got the inside track over Marcus Tucker and Quadri Henderson. I I would say not so fast, right? Uh, I think Marcus Tucker at this point, honestly, has the best chance of making the roster because not only has there been so much talk about how good he's looked as a slot receiver and he's been running with the ones in practice at OTAs and minicamp, but he's also been getting some looks as a punt returner. And really, you know, the Steelers have a need now. We talk about... Eli Rogers not coming back. He was the punt returner a year ago, him and Antonio Brown. So punt return spot is open. And I think that also puts Quadri Henderson into this mix, an undrafted free agent. The Steelers uh, got out of Pittsburgh, a local kid. I don't know that Quadri Henderson is going to make this team as a wide receiver. So if the Steelers are looking for someone to be a backup uh, slot receiver, I don't know if Quadri Henderson is going to be ready in his rookie year to be that guy. I think Marcus Tucker... Again, has the inside track there. But Quadri Henderson could be a better punt return guy. He was a very good special teamer at Pittsburgh. Uh, so it, it's going to be a battle there between Tucker and Henderson. And then, of course, Eli Rogers fits in there as well. Another name we should mention is Justin Thomas. He was on the practice squad a year ago. Uh, he's been one of these guys at 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 practices and at training camp who has looked good from time to time. So he's another guy that I think is going to be in that mix. Uh, I think... I think it is going to be three or four players. We talk about Marcus Tucker, Justin Thomas, Quadri Henderson, and Eli Rogers competing for one spot. Now we talk about the guys above them, and and could could some of them beat out a player above them? I think yes, if James Washington looks great and the Steelers are have no problem starting him year or uh, week one, then I think Justin Hunter's role in the team becomes a little more. Uh, it becomes easier to get to get rid of him because. If some sort of injury were to happen to Washington, where you needed to to bring in another outside receiver, you would have Juju, who could play on the outside, and you would also have Darius Hayward Bay, who not the not the greatest player to play on the outside, but you could see it right. So you could see potentially Eli Rogers and let's say Eli Rogers making the roster and Marcus Tucker making the roster, or Marcus Tucker making it as the backup uh, slot receiver, but Quadri Henderson making it as the punt returner. I could definitely see those. Uh, being the case. So I think of everyone above these these four players we're talking about, I think Justin Hunter's spot is the most tenuous, which is funny because, you know, for <laughs> his ceiling is he could be, I think he could be the day one starter, right? I think the floor is he doesn't make the, the roster. No, I think that's been, that has really been the story of Justin Hunter's career in the national football. He's got all the potential, but it just, it has not materialized. Will 2018 be the year. I think this is, as I said at the top, I think this is the best wide receiver class we've had since uh 2015. And I mean that at the top, right? Antonio Brown, Juju Smith Schuster, and then James Washington, Justin Hunter. I, I put those guys interchangeable, right? Those top three, let's call them, right? If you just say James Washington, jump Justin Hunter, whoever it's gonna be the starter, I think are the best we've had since 2015. You remember last year. We all thought, oh, our wide receiver. I mean, we're so loaded at wide receiver, We're unbelievable how many wide receivers we took. I can't believe we took Juju. Well, we got Antonio Brown. We got Martavis. We got Sammy Coates, who looked great a year ago. Right? We got Eli Rogers coming back. And now we got Juju. We got five wide receivers. Kobe Hamilton wasn't that bad a year ago. We still got Hayward Bay. I mean, we, we thought, oh, my God, our wide receivers are just unbelievably loaded. And then Sammy Coates gets traded to the Browns. Martavis looks like he's a shell of himself. Eli Rogers, what happened to you? And now we're, you know, we're... Thank goodness, could you imagine what would have happened a year ago at wide receiver if Juju didn't turn out to be a Rookie of the Year candidate at wide receiver? What would have happened to this team a year ago if if, he, if they didn't have Juju? And then the year prior, 2015, I mean, that was just a dumpster fire of wide receiver, right? And we had Antonio Brown. Behind him, Marcus Wheaton and, and Sammy Coates, both of which spent the entire year you know, uh, on the on the injury list, uh, Sammy Coates had two good games. Like, one of them, I think the Chiefs game might have been uh, made borderline great. I think, well, I guess the Jets game was probably borderline great too, right? Uh, but this the, the broken finger. He never recovered from that. By the end of the year, the Steelers in 2016 were starting Kobe Hamilton at wide receiver. That's that's where it got at, at wide receiver. Now Eli Rogers in 2016 was very very good. But the Steelers didn't have a number two. I mean, they just did not have a number two. And then last year, I I, I hate to say this, but I like Martavis Bryant. I want Martavis. I I wish Martavis Bryant the best in his recovery and in in getting himself back to being the player that he was in 2015. Because as I've said a, a thousand times in this podcast, he was spectacular in 2015. But in 2017, there were times when Martavis Bryant being on the field, being on the offense, hurt the Steelers. It hurt, uh, you know. The, the The Steelers trying to work Martavis Bryant into the offense, and his inability to get himself going throughout the season. It, at times, it was it was painful to watch, and you know, you go back to, uh, I'll go back to the the Jaguars game. He was catching these underneath routes and. There was, to me, there was something about Martavis Bryant last year and his quickness, his short area quickness. He just didn't have it anymore. He was a guy. You go back and watch 2015. Turn on the Raider tape. In 2015, there's a wide receiver screen that happens. I want to say it's like in the red zone, basically. He makes two guys miss within 10 yards and runs it in for a touchdown. A a, a wide receiver screen that happens at like the 15 yard line, right? It's a spectacular play. And, and again, the short area quickness and the, and the ability, the agility that he had as a as a 6'4 receiver, it was spectacular. He, last year, he didn't have it. I mean, he just, he did not have that at all. And, and, and again, he, he struggled to find his ability as a deep receiver. He still continued to struggle as a guy who could be a combat catch guy. I mean, there was a lot of parts of his game that just didn't come back. Um, so... As again, as we project into 2018, now I would say Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, definitely the best one-two combination the Steelers have had at wide receiver since 2015, when it was Antonio Brown and Martavis. You know, at the peak of his powers, let's say. Uh, And then, you know, whether it's James Washington or Justin Hunter, I I would, I would venture to say it's it would be very difficult for them to be, on the whole worse than Martavis Bryant was a year ago. And I hate to say that, again, because I really like Martavis, and I really, really wish him well and, and hope that in Oakland he does turn his career around. But 2017 was a bad year for him. There's just no there's no way to put it. I mean, he got better. I'll, I'll give him this. He got better as the year went on. When the offense started clicking, he was clicking right along with it. I wouldn't say he was a number two guy. I wouldn't say he was the, the second-best wide receiver on, on the roster. But, you know, against Jacksonville, he made a great touchdown catch. He had... He had big, he had a great touchdown catch against New England. He had some good catches as the season went along. Um, but those were you know those were the bright the the few bright spots in an otherwise in an otherwise disappointing season for Martavis. so I, I look I, I think this is a this is ultimately this is a shallow group. I will say that we're we're not it's not like we're we're running real deep here. I think if there's just one or two injuries on this team and and you're gonna start feeling real bad about where the Steelers are at wide receiver, especially. If anything were to happen to our, to Antonio Brown, uh, but I think at the top, I'm I'm happy with where the Steelers are in 2018. I think Juju coming back, Antonio Brown coming back. I think we have the best one-two punch we've had in a while. And what we need now is 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 James Washington again. Doesn't have to be early that he has to be spectacular, but I don't think we can afford to hide him because if we have to hide him, it's probably going to be uh, Justin Hunter stepping up in his place. And again. Justin Hunter could be a good receiver, just haven't seen it yet. So, all right, that's going to do it for me today. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com. His email address, uh, you can find me on Twitter, at SteelerCountry. Remember to go to LockedOnSteelers.com to find more of this podcast, and you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, the the new Google Podcast app if you're on Android. Check out the new Google Podcast app. It's uh, it's pretty neat. I'm actually, uh, I use Pocket Casts. On, on Android, but uh, the Google the Google Podcast app uh, very cool as well, and it, it is a new app, very easy to find. Locked On Steelers on there, just go on uh, the Google Podcast app, search Locked On Steelers, and we come right up. All right, I'll be back tomorrow to break down the tight ends right here on Locked On Steelers.
2: Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music.